Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. How is everybody doing? Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening to me from. Good day, good whatever. Salam. Okay, how are we all doing? So today we're going to have a monologue and today's topic is going to be just straight up simple. What is suicide? You know, what is suicide? When I decided to do this podcast, my dream is or was to paint a clear picture of the path to suicide, to make it clear that it is not an easy decision to be arrived at. It is a decision that I have considered myself. It was not easy. It is not easy. It's not fun. It's not funny. Is not something that anyone who is happy, who has options, who feels like they have options, will consider. And so if you don't know it already, please know it that I don't take it lightly at all, talking about suicide. I do have a fairly light and airy personality, so I figured there's no one that I know that can pull it off with my kind of energy. However, it is a very difficult and very strong and hard topic to talk about. As a matter of fact, my wife now, she won't have anything to do with me when I'm talking about suicide. She won't have anything to do with me. She just can't understand why do you want to talk about this? It brings me hurt. It brings me pain. Forgetting that I myself have been suicidal in the sense that I've had suicidal ideation. So if anybody can talk about it, it's me. As a black female, as a Nigerian immigrant to the U.S. of A, as a pediatrician, as a mom, as someone who has dreadlocks, as someone who has an accent, as an LGBT family member, as an LGBT activist, as an author, as a speaker, I can't think of any reason why, why not me? I am the quintessential butterfly, the quintessential mom attrition, part mom, part pediatrician, 
part social worker, part friend, sister, you name it, daughter, go-to person, however you want to look at it, I am that person that should be talking about suicide. And so I decided to talk about it. And if you don't know yet, just listen to episode one. That was my intro episode, and that was kind of what I talk about in that episode. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is suicide? What is the definition of suicide and other things that kind of go with it? And so without further ado, let's get started. So what is suicide? There are two definitions that I'm going to use today. The first definition is the one you find if you Google the words, what is suicide? Essentially, it is a process of intentionally ending one's life, period. It is a process of intentionally ending one's life. Now, that being said, that is the official definition. If you Google the words, what is suicide? My definition, my personal definition, which is not the second one, just my definition is, or my edit to that first definition is, it's a process of intentionally or unintentionally or accidentally ending one's life. As a pediatrician, I am aware that there are these games out there, these challenges out there that our teenagers play, for lack of a better, I don't know, verb or whatever to use to describe it. Games like the choking game, that's, that's just one example that most of the children who played the, ch- the choking game, believe it or not, did not originally plan to die by the game, but majority of them that died died playing that game. You know what I mean? Like, majority of the children that did not survive the choking game did not originally plan to die by it. That is an accidental death. If someone who is on medication overdoses on the medication by accident, that is death, that is suicide, whether I like it or not, and that is accidental. There are many more examples out there. I'm just going to use those two. So I dare to digress from that particular definition and add my own word, accidental or unintentional. I don't know anybody that is playing a game that could result in death that ends up dying that was originally planning to die. And so that's why I use the word unintentional in that respect. The second definition of suicide we're going to talk about today is it's a result of actions taken to deal with intolerable mental anguish and pain, fear or despair that overwhelms the individual value. It is a result. Suicide is an end result of the actions that someone took to deal with intolerable pain, intolerable mental anguish. Many people who have survived a suicide attempt will say the same thing, the same line. I just wanted my pain to end. I just wanted my pain to go away. I just wanted the pain to stop. So it is a result of the actions that they've taken to stop said pain. 
I, for one, think that that's a more practical and more applicable definition of the word suicide. So I want to mention here that not all persons who die by suicide have mental illness. Suicide is a very complex topic. It's a, it has very it has multi levels of etiologies or of causes. Many, 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 many things. And we're gonna to get to that in a little bit, but it's multifactorial. There's no one single thing that yes, that's what caused that person to kill his or herself. No one who dies by suicide decides today is the day. All of a sudden, I'm just going to kill myself. Nine and a half times out of ten, it's been an ongoing list of problems and factors and situations that have eventually led them to that corner where they're like, okay, I have no other options. I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump. So just bear that in mind as I come back to talk about the multiple etiologies in a minute. Majority of people who are suicidal are under, we already mentioned, tremendous emotional pain. And therefore, you as the outsider, you as the bystander, you as the one person who may or may not have any access to them directly, but may have a say in what's happening to them eventually, the onus is on you to be compassionate at the highest level because tremendous pain, tremendous mental anguish is not a place where someone goes and expects you to come and tell them stuff like, I can't believe you want to do that or you have all these things going for you and you want to do that or you're lazy or you're just joking or you're not really going to do it or I think this is one of the situations where if you have nothing positive to say, just don't say anything because if you say the wrong thing, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem. So I would recommend if you don't know what to say, please don't say anything. We don't want you to say anything. We'd rather you say nothing than to say the wrong thing. Okay? Now, that being said, I was going to mention the fact that majority of us who are listening to me already know that suicide these days is such a big deal that the CDC, the WHO, they've all recognized suicide and the stigma surrounding mental illness as a public health crisis. So not the mental illness itself, but the stigma surrounding mental illness, the stigma surrounding suicide as a public health crisis. For goodness sakes, if you're listening to me, for goodness sakes, do not belittle the idea of someone who is suicidal. Do not take it for granted if you are blessed enough to be chosen by someone who is suicidal to share their thoughts or their ideas with you or their situation with you. Do not belittle it. 
Do not belittle it. I can't say that enough times. There's a reason why suicide is currently the second commonest cause of death for children and young adults ages 10 to 34. It's not because these kids and young adults are having a good life. That's why they wanted to kill themselves. Suicide is only second to accidents as the, sec as the commonest cause of death. In other words, if you remove all the accidental deaths, all the accidental drownings and accidental motor vehicle accidents, accidental electrocution, accidental whatever, 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 suicide is literally number one cause of death. I don't know anything that is the number one cause of death that should not be causing people to be really, really concerned. In other words, if you remove every other accidental cause, Suicide is numero uno. That is powerful. That is a very, very bad place to be for us to not be talking about it, for us to be hushing and pretending that is not a problem. I have a problem with that. And so please, if you're listening to me, please consider the fact that suicide is such a bad problem right now that... The WHO has actually predicted that by the year 2020, we're going to have one suicide every 20 seconds. I want you all to take a minute, just a minute or a second, to ruminate on that. Currently, it's one suicide every 40 seconds because the estimate is 800,000 people die in the world every year by suicide. And that was as at 2016. Those are numbers from 2016, if I'm not mistaken. So at 40, at one every 40 seconds in today's world, 2019, the WHO is predicting that by 2020, by next year, if we continue the way we're going, we're going to have one suicide every 20 seconds. I have a problem with that because if you imagine that there's an infection or a virus or some kind of agent that is killing people, one person every 20 seconds, will you and the rest of the world not take to the hills or to wherever and run? Will everyone not be talking about it? Isn't it going to make the news on a daily basis? Aren't we all going to be looking for a way to end that? Aren't we all going to be looking for a way to stop that? A few years ago, we had the Ebola crisis. It was not killing one person every 20 seconds. It was an epidemic, almost a pandemic, but we were able to control it. But every news outlet in the world was talking about Ebola, this Ebola, that Ebola, this Ebola, that. Now, indeed, there is such a thing as suicide contagion, or contagion, depends on whether you say potato or potato, which is essentially a phenomenon we can discuss at another day's podcast. But it basically describes the fact that excessive exposure to suicide news and sensationalization of suicide can trigger suicide in at-risk adolescents or at-risk youth. Now, that being said, 
My take on that is if you as the parent, if you as the primary caregiver, if you as the guardian, the teacher, the counselor, if you control the narrative, if you are thoughtful about the way you present the topic of suicide, your child is unlikely to react with a suicide contagion. However, if you choose to push it under the rug, then your child is going to get his or her information outside and we're going to have a problem. So I digress. We go back to kind of what is suicide, talking about that. The proper terms to use when it comes to suicide. I know most people don't know this, but in the old days, when people attempted suicide or when people died by suicide, it was assumed to be a crime. It was taken as a crime, punishable by, I guess, death. <laughs> but it was assumed to be a crime, hence the word commit. So the word commit came in in those days because it was criminal to attempt suicide or to die by suicide. As a matter of fact, a lot of families were shunned. A lot of families were ostracized if they had a family member who died by suicide. In Nigeria today, you can get 10 to 14 years imprisonment for attempted suicide. Now, we've talked about how one ends up with the decision to take their own life. So imagine a country that punishes you for that. We talked about the fact that you must be in tremendous emotional, psychological pain and anguish to try to take your own life. So why would a country punish you for going down that path? I'm Nigerian, so I can talk about Nigeria because I know if you're from another country, look it up and email me or let me know what's the deal with that, you know? So that being said, we're going to continue. So talking about the ages of suicide, I know one of my one of my guests we recently discussed the age, the youngest age of the, of a person that died by suicide. And officially it's a five year old Chinese girl that died by suicide. She and her family members essentially died by suicide. So she was five years old. However, in America, in the U.S. of A, where I live, six years old is the youngest recorded suicide. A black girl and a white girl both died by suicide at the age of six. In Nigeria, my beloved country of birth, we recently had a seven-year-old child in Abuja, the city where my parents live in, who killed himself, a seven-year-old. So we have five, we have six, we have seven. So there you have it. So going back to the proper terms to use or to not use, suicide, you can actually say someone suicided or, you know, someone, of course, we know we just said someone died by suicide. We can say someone completed their suicide attempt. They completed their suicide attempt. You can say they ended their lives. But one thing you don't want to say is they committed suicide. So if you're watching me right now, today is the last day you're going to say the word committed suicide or committed if you're an American. No mass. 
No mass, no mass. We're not going to say committed suicide ever again. We're going to say the person suicided, which I personally don't like, I don't care for. You can say the person died by suicide, which is what I choose to say. You can also say the person completed their suicide attempt. That's another one that I use, or they ended their lives. So those are your options. So use them. <laughs> if you know better in life, you do better, right? Yes. So let's keep moving. So one thing that you will notice when it comes to suicide is there are multiple etiologies. It's a very complex situation. It's not to be taken lightly. And it's a situation that occurs when the stressors are overwhelming and overwhelmingly overpower the coping mechanisms of the individual. I'm going to say that again for those of you at the back. It's a situation that occurs when the stressors become so overwhelming that they completely overpower the coping mechanisms of the individual that is affected. The individual is usually not rational at that time. When someone is thinking of killing themselves, honestly, they're not rational at that time. They're not rational at that time. Be careful what you say to them. They are their most vulnerable. Their spirits are broken. They're at their lowest points in life. Be very, very careful how you navigate that. There's a big triad where they're in the middle. There's hopelessness on one end. There's helplessness on the other end. And there's despair on the other end of the triangle. The person is in the middle of hopelessness, helplessness, and despair. It is a very, very difficult place to be. Very difficult point to be. I have been there. I was hopeless. I was helpless. And I was full of despair. And by the grace of God, I voiced my thoughts to my wifener. I like to call her my wifener because she's my wife and my partner. I voiced out my thoughts to her and she did the right thing. And on the day we talk about suicide and family members, we're going to talk about that in more details. So it is a very, very difficult place to be. The person is in the middle of helplessness, hopelessness and despair. Not a good place to be. Suicide is not a sign of weakness. If you don't know me yet, I am probably one of the stronger people out there emotionally. I'm one of the stronger people out there physically also. But when I was down, I was down. I wasn't necessarily weak. I was just at the point where I could not cope anymore. A suicidal person is not a weak person. It's not a character flaw just because you're suicidal. It's not something that is essentially that you did wrong. It's just that you found yourself at a place where you're just backed in a, in a corner. So I want you to please remember that. A person who is suicidal simply wants the pain and the anguish to end. The pain and the anguish to end. So what are the factors that cause this pain and anguish. Let's talk about them for a minute. In children, as a pediatrician, obviously I'm all about my chaps. 
In children, there's a there's an acronym called ACEs. A as in Alpha, C as in Charlie, E as in Echo, and S as in Sierra. ACEs, otherwise known as Adverse Childhood Experiences. This is basically a constellation of things that can happen to children during their early childhood that has been found to have a high association with behavior problems as adults, including depression and suicidal behavior and even suicide. Some of these experiences include abuse, naturally, neglect, sociocultural problems like poverty and bullying, chronic illnesses, specifically chronic illnesses that affect their self-esteem as they get older, developmental problems, divorce, racism, and any kind of trauma, childhood trauma that can, you know, a lot of times we tend to underestimate the effect of trauma on somebody. Just because you can get over your trauma after five or ten minutes doesn't mean I can get over my trauma, the same trauma, because everyone is different. We all have different tolerance levels, different resiliency levels. So a lot of times, depending on the kind of trauma and the kind of person, you know, they, they found that these adverse childhood experiences can end up causing problems when the kids become adults. Others include losses like financial losses, emotional losses, Familiar losses, maybe death in the family, loss of a job, breakup of a relationship is a big one. It's a big one in Nigeria too, is, is relationship issues. Addiction. I want to mention depression really quickly here. Depression, believe it or not, 56% of children who die by suicide do not, repeat, do not have a history of depression or any mental illness. That's not to say that mental illness does not contribute. In children specifically, ADHD, especially the compulsive type, tends to be associated more with high-risk behavior, you know, stuff like choking behavior, jumping off a ledge, daredevil behaviors, those type of things in children. There's a very high risk of suicide or, you know, death occurring as a result of trying something extreme that is one but essentially when a child dies by suicide majority of the time they've been bullied they've had issues at home they've had they've been abused molested things like that a lot of domestic violence a lot of that compounds childhood suicide more than mental illness does so just remember that the person's ability to cope is the issue not the situation per se, not the cause, not the abuse, not the financial problem. For instance, during the dot-com bubble, when it busts, during the 2008, when the dot-com bubble burst, something like that, a lot of people who went through that survived it. But many people did not survive it. We had a lot of people killing themselves because everyone is different. So again, we all had the dot-com bubble burst, but many people did not survive it. So it's the individual and how they handle stress that is the problem, not the stress per se, okay? It's how they cope with the stress, not the stress. Other factors include a laundry list of issues like individual, just your personality, 
you know. People are stronger, people are weaker, people are able to handle stress more, people are not able to handle stress more, just an individual variation. Environmental factors, you know, the kind of support you have around you when issues are going on, the kind of job, the kind of stress that you're exposed to at work. Are you a doctor? If you're a doctor, are you an, a dentist versus a psychiatrist? Are you an anesthesiologist? Are you a pain doctor? Those are the doctors that tend to have issues with drug abuse and more suicide than others. Are you a pediatrician? Are you a critical care doctor? Do you work long hours? Are you a critical care nurse? Do you work long hours? Things like that. Biological problems, believe it or not, a lot of mental illness is hereditary or tends to run in the family. If you have a brother who died by suicide, you might have a higher risk of suicidal behavior. You might have a lower tolerance of coping with problems because it maybe is a familial trait. So things like that. Social, socioeconomic problems, poverty, 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 lack of proper governance, like Nigeria, where there's gross anarchy, anything goes. The Fulani herdsmen are killing people on the road just because they feel like it. You know, there's kidnapping left, right and center. There's just uh, just an overall sense of no safety or lack of safety in the country. Things like that can cause people to just lose hope. Again, not everybody can handle everything, right? Cultural factors like family, like families that have a taboo against maybe LGBT, for instance, or countries where, you know, it's against the law to be LGBT or it's against the law to attempt suicide or countries where it's okay to marry a girl when she's nine years old or to marry a man when he's 40 years older than you, like India, like Nigeria. Countries where things like that still go on, where you can have four wives or ten wives, however number of wives you want to, and the man is the head of the household, and that's it. The woman is beneath him, and, and so are her children. Things like that, those little, little cultural things that need to have been stopped years ago, still going on, still going on. Historical factors, like if I have attempted suicide before, I am at a very, very, very high risk of completing my next suicidal attempt. As a matter of fact, within the first year of a suicide attempt, there's a 30% chance of completing suicide. So if somebody is your patient or your neighbor or your family member or your child that has attempted suicide, they are at a very, very high risk of completing their next suicide attempt. That is a historical factor. So think about that. If they have a family history of suicide, their father died by suicide. You know, whatever is going on that's happened in their history, that can come back and haunt them. Political factors, like I said, in Nigeria. The country of, I want to say Lithuania, is, has the highest rate of suicide in the world. They, it is in East Europe and they have major political issues going on there. Nigeria is one of the countries that has political issues also going on. People can't handle all kinds of stress the same way. Spiritual problems, oh my goodness. Especially those of us that are Catholic that look down on things like depression and suicide. You're going straight to hell. Meanwhile, you're in a bad marriage. They have, you are being abused. You are being emotionally and physically abused in your marriage. But wait, you have to stay because God abhors divorce or your Catholic church says you should not 
get divorced. I am Catholic. I'm a credo Catholic. I know. Been there, done that, right? So things like that, you find yourself trapped because you've been raised to think a certain way about your religion or whatever it is, and you believe in your heart that if you do it differently, if you go against the norm, first of all, your family is going to go against you. They're going to attack you. They're going to, you know, ostracize you. And then the church, the church as we know it today is relatively still homophobic, relatively still anti-depression, anti-therapy, anti-suicide. This is so bad. We had a pastor die by suicide recently in Nigeria in the month of May. How does a pastor die by suicide if really suicide is such a bad thing? Like, seriously, what's going on? That's an example of spiritual and really any kind of trauma to your psyche. Any kind of trauma to your psyche. As long as the stressors overpower your coping mechanisms, we got a problem. So that's it in essence. Those are the factors. Like I said, it's multifactorial. You might find that three or four of these things that I mentioned apply to you. There's no one factor that this is the main factor that leads to suicide. A lot of times, multiple factors, you know, are, are at play. And I'm going to mention a little bit more about suicide and mental illness, and then I'll call it a day because it's 30 minutes already. And I try to keep these things to 30 minutes. So, over 95% of depressed patients do not die by suicide. Over 90% of bipolar patients do not die by suicide. Over 90% of schizophrenics do not die by suicide. However, if you add those three mental illnesses that I mentioned, if you add those to substance abuse or other causes that we just listed, like a divorce or a bad job or bad governance or poverty, and you also add no treatment, no therapy, no form of an outlet to get help, then the suicide risk increases exponentially. But you can see that it's not the depression per se that led to suicide. It's not the bipolar disorder per se that led to suicide. It's a combination of depression not taking your medications, substance abuse maybe, other factors in the house, in the home, in their lives that now lead them to suicide. So I'm going to end by saying ending suicide is everyone's responsibility. Everyone who can hear me in the airwaves, it is your responsibility. So say to yourself, it is my responsibility to ensure that suicide ends. It is my own primary purpose and primary passion and mission to end suicide, especially in children. My dream is to one day become the speaker for United Nations on child and young adult suicide. That's my goal. That's my dream. That's my my mission is to end it, to be the one go-to person. You can also be that person in your, own, in your own little corner. We all have to take responsibility for this thing called suicide because of the rate that it's going. Everyone, I can almost comfortably say, now knows someone who died by suicide. I mean, it's, it's, it's that bad. And like I said earlier on, one every 40 seconds, one even one every 60 seconds is too much. Talk less of one every 20 
seconds, which is going to be next year. So on that note, I'm going to say goodnight, goodbye, odaro. We're going to discuss, let me see, we're going to talk about suicide prevention. We're going to talk about AIM, A-I-M, or hope, help, and healing. We're going to talk about suicide prevention. What role can you play? How can you make a difference in this suicide epidemic that is going on in the world? All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to me. This is Dr. Lulu from Suicide Pages, the podcast, signing out. Remember, parenting is hard, it's difficult, it is the hardest thing you ever did, but it's also the best thing you're ever going to do. So go out there and make me proud. Ciao, Bella.